0: You are listening to the Conquering Evers Podcast. This is episode 53. Welcome to the Concrete Nevers Podcast. My name is Brian Talore, and let me just take a moment to say thank you. Thank you so much for choosing to spend a bit of your day here with me. I mean, let's face it, without you, the listener, there is no need for this podcast. So I I I truly do appreciate every single download every single listen that this podcast gets. now if you haven't already followed this podcast, uh, make sure you follow it on whatever platform you're listening to and I would certainly appreciate a five star review if you have that option as well. Um, you know go ahead and share this uh, share this episode out on social media let your family and your friends know about the conquering efforts podcast and and the work and the mission that we are attempting uh, to do here. On today's show, I have a wonderful conversation with Dee Wolk. Dee is an author, speaker, coach, and a columnist. She is also a non-diet and emotional eating expert. Now, before she got to that place in life, though, she went through some real trials and tribulations, and she had to find that strength that she had within to, well, you know, to keep growing, to keep moving forward. And uh, and now she's doing great work with uh, people all over the world. Her story is one you're not going to want to miss. So without any further delay, here is Dee's story. Hi, Dee. Welcome to the Conquering Evers podcast. How are you?
1: I'm fine. And thank you for inviting me. Hello.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, so D, uh, well, let's go ahead and start. If you don't mind, we'll just give a small introduction to who you are, and uh, uh, to our audience. So, if if you don't mind, let's uh, tell us a little bit about D. woke. Oh, loaded question.
1: <laughs> I always say that the biggest cause of stress is life, mm. and the key is how we handle it. That's the key. And I learned that, uh, my first husband, I met him in the Catskill Mountains, and he was from New York, and I was from Cleveland, Ohio, Shaker Heights, and we fell in love. We had the same values, we were on the same page, and he wanted me to move to New York. He had a valet dry cleaning operation with his uncle in Manhattan. Well, I didn't, anyone. And I just couldn't, I couldn't move to New York. So he moved to Cleveland and he bought a big old dry cleaning in a not a very nice neighbor. And we got married and it was a fairy tale. And I thought I would live happily ever, but I didn't. I got a call one day that my husband had gone to the dry cleaning plant on a Sunday to interview someone. And they gave gave me a call that he had a heart attack and he was in his forties. Well, i got in my car and i drove over and as i was driving up to the dry cleaning plant i saw him being carried out by an ambulance in a body bag and you know it's so many many minutes ago but i still remember it i couldn't believe it
0: well right and i I would to to see that to to pull up knowing that something's wrong and then see them coming out with you know the body bag that yeah i can only imagine that you know
1: I, I couldn't even time imagine.
0: stood still for a moment yeah
1: well I didn't Joe didn't have any life in and I learned that the business was struggling and this was my choice Brian welfare or dry clean My mother who was then widowed looked at me and she said dry cleaning lady you never saw anything dry clean in your life and this is a bad neighborhood you can't do that Well I didn't want to go on well so I decided, I was gonna be a dry cleaning lady. And you know, when you want something enough and you have a passion for what you want, you're gonna do it.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: learned that because up until then, who was I? I was married to my dream husband, had a fairy tale life, had a part-time job in an art gallery. I mean, where am I? Right. And I learned so, because what we have inside ourselves is ourselves. And we have the power to change. The tragedy of life is that people don't use that power. Well, three weeks after Joe died, after closing, two men came in with a double-barreled shotgun and robbed me. Mm. Well, I thought my mother was going to have a heart attack. You have (sighs) to sell that business. You can't stay there. You'll get killed. And I said, Mom, if I don't go back to... I never will go back. I remember when I was about four years old, my father got me a little pony, and we called it Macaroni. And he put me on Macaroni and I fell off. And the little pony went over my knee mm. and my knee split open and gushed blood. And I'm four years old and I'm screaming, I don't want any part of this. And I remember my father picking me up, he used to call me Babe. He said, Babe, we're gonna fix your knee and you're gonna be fine, but you gotta get back on Macaroni right now Or you never will again. And I never, Brian, I never forgot that. I just never forgot that. So I did go back the very next day. I hired a a security guard to come in at four o'clock to walk me to my car at seven. I had a carpenter board up the back windows, change all the locks. And I started again as a dry cleaner. Now, I love to research. And in my researches in all the years before, I learn that affirmations are powerful. I had never done them, but I le- I read about them. So I remember one day I came into this plant and they said, Dee, the basement is flooded. The pilot light went off and there's rats floating around. And I looked and I, and they nobody would go down, nobody. Well, I went out and bought fishing boots and I sat by the sewing machine and I wrote down, I can do this. I can go down the basement. I will go down the basement. I can do this. I will turn the pilot light on. I'm not afraid. The rats are dead. They can't do anything and I did it. now if I would have said, "Oh, I can't do this no way can I go down there. I'm scared to death. What would have been? So what's the difference between perception and reality? Your perception? becomes your reality. Mm. And if you change your perception, you change your reality. So you can do anything you really want to achieve. And I learned that. I looked all over. I didn't find a lease. I didn't have a lease. So I called up the landlord. But before I called him, I rehearsed it. I said on my rehearsal exactly what I was going to say. His name was Angelo Tucci. I said, Angelo, this is Dee Heiferling. Oh, D, how are you doing? I'm doing okay, but I don't have a lease with you. Oh, you don't need a lease. Joe and I just shook hands. Joe isn't here anymore, Angelo. If you sell this building, I may not have a plant. I need a lease. Now, if I hadn't rehearsed that and role-played it, I couldn't have done it. So all these things, nobody can do these things for you. So... What is it all come from? It comes from a belief in yourself,
2: mm-hmm.
1: a belief in yourself. Everything starts from the inside out. And this is so important for parents to give children. Instead of all those fancy toys and all those electrical gizmos, help them believe in themselves. This is the greatest gift you can give a child.
0: Yeah, because your life, I mean, you know, just in taking over the dry cleaning business, I mean, there's like three or four instances that one making any different decision for any of those four, you know, who knows where you may have, you know, we may not be having this conversation today, you know, you may have went down a completely different path. And I, and I, I totally agree with, with you know, our, you know the, the mind over matter and, and the belief system because I've experienced it firsthand myself. Um, and, it, you know, it's just, it's almost, it's kind of like a choose your own adventure book and you don't know where you're going to end up, but you got to, you got to take that leap of faith and and trust yourself and believe in yourself. So yeah, you could have, who knows, who knows where you would have, where do you think you would have ended up had you not, even considered taking over the business.
1: Right. I thats so true, Brian. Um, I don't know what would have happened, but all these things that I had to endure and accomplish change, change. Um, Joe had a um, contract with one of the banks here in Cleveland, and he did all their draperies of all their branches. And there was about 20 branches. And it was a big order for us. Well, what was I going to do? The vice president of the bank was about Joe's age, and they had a a, a relationship, and Joe got the contract every year, automatically. Well, I had to do some role play. One of the things that Joe did once a year, around New Year's, before New Year's, he would take a case of liquor over to Jerry's house,
2: Mm. the
1: vice president. And they'd have a drink together, and Joe always got the drapery. So I decided to buy a case of liquor. And I'm not a drinker, so I don't know what to do. So I asked my, one of my friend's husbands to help me. And I got this case of liquor and put it in the trunk of car, in the car. And I didn't want to call him ahead, and I didn't want to tell him that Joe had dropped dead. I didn't want to do that. They were the same age. I, mm. I just didn't. So I, I asked my son, who was young, to come with me, and I picked a real bad stormy night hoping that because it was so stormy, they would be home. And when I drove up, I saw lights on, and I rang the bell, and he opened the door. And of course, he didn't know who I was. And I introduced myself, that I'm D. Hyverling, Joe Hyverling's wife. And of course, he was confused. Can I come in? And this is my son, Mark. And he says, oh, yes, come on in. And we sat down, and I told him what happened. Well, it blew his mind. It really did. He just, he, he was very upset. And I said, Jerry, Mark is going to get a case of liquor out of the trunk of the car. Oh, no, no, no. My wife is making coffee. No, don't do that. And I said, I want to do that for Joe. Let's have a drink for Joe. And I had practiced this over and over, believe me. (laughs) And I said, you know, Jerry, I know the dry clean business like the back of my hand. Ha, ha, ha. I can do these drapes where you will love them and be satisfied. You will love the work that I will do for you. And I, I don't know the price yet because some of the things I might have to put out, but I promise you, I will be fair. And he looked at me and I thought it was forever. And he said, you got it. And when I went back to the plant and I got all these draperies, I said a prayer over it. I did. So I got married for the second, and it wasn't love. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, He was a nice man a lot older than i his wife had died five years previous of cancer and he had two sons and a daughter a brother a sister-in-law nieces and nephews he said d you don't have a family really i will bring you a family i will see that you are happy so i thought to myself okay maybe maybe this would be good well he was a nervous wreck being a dry cleaning and he said when you come home late i think something happened you've got to sell it well you know this was my passion and i didn't want to sell it and i figured oh okay i'll put an ad in the paper nobody's gonna buy this dump it'll take years you know i sold it in two weeks (laughs) and i was depressed i literally was depressed
0: and and that depression came from the fact that you had given so much of your blood sweat and tears to take this and, and, and build it up after your, your husband passed. So it was probably, it did it feel like kind of a piece of you was missing that, exactly. at that
1: point? Yeah. Exactly, Brian. You named it. Well, I was an eater. I ate because I was tired, bored, anxious, frustrated, lonely, happy. Everybody else was eating. It was a holiday. You name it. I went on every diet that came out. I mm-hmm. would go on. Lose weight on the diet never, ever kept it. Finally, I said to myself, "Something's wrong with you. I'm a failure. I'm going to the doctor." So I went to my doctor, and I shared my feeling. And he looked at me, and I will never forget it. He said, "D, you're a yo-yo dieter. Do you know what yo-yo dieter can do to your body? You can get diabetes. You can sh- uh, harm your kidneys, your heart, etc. Diets are only a patch, not a fit. Well. That blew my mind because all these years I kept saying, I want to be thinner. I want to be thinner. What good is being thinner if you're not healthy? Right. <laughs> so I decided, because I had heard for years, that the body is smarter than you are. So I decided to research the brain and the body and how they work together with your eating, how you can lose weight without any deprivation, shots, pills, etc. cetera and keep it off. I lost over 49 pounds. It just melted away. And it was so simple. And everybody wanted to know what diet I went on. And they were ready to write it down. I didn't diet. Oh, don't be like that. Tell us what diet you <laughs> Diet. How did you lose this weight? I learned how the body is designed to eat. Well, do you know, Brian, they thought I was an alien from Mars. They, they really, <laughs> this was in the 1983. Yeah. Well, when they saw I wasn't gaining anything back, and then I ate what I wanted to eat, but I didn't eat the same way, they begged me to teach them. Do you know, I've taught 32,000 people. I helped them fly again. And as they learn how to melt away their excess weight, wellness becomes their co-pilot which is so because without that you don't have any
2: yeah
0: did you find as you discovered this um you know the way to to lose weight and keep it off did you find that some of the lessons that you had learned uh when taking over the dry cleaning business the like the affirmations the belief uh the the mind over the matter did 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 that start to kind of make sense in in this new yeah
1: because the the dry cleaning experience, the loss of the the man that I loved so much, changed me so to realize that you have to become your own best friend. Mm-hmm. You have to love yourself enough to want to take care of yourself. This is so important. This is the key to everything. Yeah. And when I learned that I could overcome fears and sell a business, I'll never forget the first week, I was a dry cleaning lady. And I went to the supermarket with some money that I had made. I was buying my own groceries. I couldn't (laughs) believe it. I was on a high. It changed. It proved to me that you can do whatever you want to do if you want it enough and you have the passion.
0: What was the, so you said this was 1983 when you took over the dry cleaning business in the 80s?
1: Uh, Joe died
0: in 1979 okay so late 70s early 80s what was the what was the perception of you know the differences between male and female then you know today day and age there's there's a lot more equality than there was um i i was just getting life started in the 80s so what was it unusual for for a woman to be a business owner and like you said it, you were buying your own groceries so i would imagine that the the thinking or the belief was that the man earns and the woman takes care of the h- household and you know does the shopping was that was that um how it was in in the 80s when 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 you when you took over and, and became, started to become this successful businesswoman
1: i i think your view is, is correct. Um, there are a lot more women today running businesses. Yeah. I'm not saying they have an easy time. Mm-hmm. And when they're in the corporate world, I'm not saying they have an easy time. But I think I made sure that everything looked well when it was wrapped up and given to the uh, customer. Mm-hmm. And I didn't find, I think that They liked Joe so much, and they were so happy that I was continuing. So I was lucky in that effect. Okay, I think that helped. They were glad that it was still there and not closed up. But um, I'll never forget how the dry cleaning uh, had such an effect on me as this entrepreneur with this no diet weight solution. It was the first time that I had to give a speech for four hundred Mary Kay. Mm women at a hotel and i was nervous (laughs) and i sat down and i wrote just like i did in the dry clean the sewing machine i will be i can do this i believe in this i want to help people fly again and when i go out on that stage i'm going to picture everyone in that audience on the potty (laughs) because that equalized everything they're just like me i'm just like them we're not different. So everything that I did and learned and researched to get strong and positive in the dry cleaning helped me definitely.
0: And so you, you, you had discovered this, this way of l- losing weight and being able to keep the weight off without any kind of gimmicky diets. Um, it sounds like you were starting to get out and network and speak to larger audiences. What what did the business um, what what has it turned into? And are you st- are, you're still doing it today? Correct. You're still out well, there.
1: I I believed in what I learned so much that my passion lit the fire in mm. everybody. Um, I'll never forget. Um, I became I taught my program for seven and a half years at the Cleveland Clinic, which is the biggest uh, hospital in the nation. Mm. Uh, I taught in corporations, and how did I teach in corporations? Um, I would have a lunch and learn, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget. I was at Lubasol, and they had fifty-five people listening to me, and I signed up forty-two because I believe in it. Right. I was that dieter. Was that the shakes, the special food, the the shots, the pills, all that? Mm. I could have God knows what done done to. Me. Right. So my. My mission became to really help people because it's not only, sure, we want to look good, mm-hmm. but health is more important than anything. Right. There's a, um, somebody sent me something that I've had for years that I would share with, with some people. I found that the um, male mentality is a little harder to do brain surgery without the scapel. Hmm. And this article was about grab well, gourmet and grandpa gourmet was overweight a smoker a drinker etc cetera, etc cetera. and his doctors told him to do this to do that not to do this not to do that and he said oh you know what i'm going to live my life nothing's going to happen well one day at his office at 58 he dropped dead at his desk mm. and his wife had an autopsy and she found out that all the terrible things that were going on in his body But she said, you know, I think Grabwell would have been happy to know that he died of natural, and they weren't natural. But this is what people do. They don't want to face reality. It's difficult. They don't want to change. Nobody likes to be changed but a baby when it's wet. Yeah.
0: (laughs) We cut out just a little bit there, but um, that's okay. I think um, most of what you were saying was captured. Uh, But you had mentioned that he had... He had passed the this gentleman had passed away his wife um, had the autopsy done and just you know then it came to light what all the smoking and the drinking was um, that's kind of where it cut out but then you came back and I think it filled in the gap where you were saying that you know um, nobody wants to be you know wet except for a baby so is it would you say that a lot of it is maybe stubbornness or is it a lack of confidence for people when it comes to taking care of themselves?
1: That's a good question. Um, I think it's a lack of confidence to a certain extent. Um, it, it, a lot of it is how we're brought up. Mm. Um, I don't think parents do this deliberately. Of course not. They love their children. But let's take it for eating. Mm-hmm. My mother was a fabulous, marvel. And she said, we're having dinner now. And I'd look at her and say, I'm not hungry. This is when we're eating.
2: Mm.
1: Hunger wasn't even mentioned in the house. So I'd leave, I'd eat, and I wasn't hungry, and I'd leave food on my plate, and my mother would say, why aren't you finishing your food? Do you know that it's a sin to leave food on your plate? There are starving Mm. people in the world. If you don't finish your food, you can't go out and play. You can't get dessert. So So it's what we learn. Yeah.
0: And some of that, it sounds like like with that mentality, and I remember that as, as a kid being told that you're going to sit here and finish everything. Right. Um, otherwise, you're not going to get this. So it's almost as if probably for a lot of folks, at least in my generation and before, um, food was used as a reward, a reward system. So, you know, it's like our body and our mind, hold on to that. And, 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 and I am an emotional eater as well. So, you know, when I'm sad, uh, I will eat because, you know, I guess I'm guessing that in my mind, I'm still holding on to the belief that, well, food is a treat. It is a reward. It's going to make you feel better when it's really just trying to mask the pain of the moment for, for however long that is.
1: Food, Brian, is only fuel. Yeah. The body only looks at food as fuel, and I teach people when to eat to listen to their body. Is their body telling them when to, that they need fuel? Yeah. Just like the gauge in your car, and when you're emotionally hungry, you have to create. I have a, an emotional hunger scale. Okay. And you have to have. I, I I get people to make a list of things that make them feel good. Mm. Because the food isn't going to do anything. It's just right. temporary. It's just temporary. But listening to music, if you enjoy music, uh, calling up a friend you haven't talked to in a long time, um, taking a walk, um, reading that book that you put down that you want to read. There's so many things. I call them life enhancers. A life enhancer a day keeps the fat away.
0: That's a good way to put it. And a lot, And a lot better for you, I would imagine, mentally than... Uh, you know, turning to food because. But you see,
1: you have to you have to care enough about yourself. Yeah. To want to take care of you.
0: I want that change? Nobody can do
1: that for you. A doctor can tell you something doesn't mean anything. Right. It's you that's important.
0: So, so here today, um what are you still really active out there? teaching the, this, your principles on this? Uh, do you have a website, any books or anything? How can I people- have a
1: website. Okay. Um, I'm an author of a cookbook. I, I had a client, I teach privately. I Teaching classes, I taught so many classes. Lubasol, <laughs> Eaton, Nestle, Parker Hannafin, you name it. They don't have classes. That's gone. Yeah. That's totally gone. So I teach privately. I teach, I I put my program online and they can get in touch with me anytime while they're taking it. Um everything's changed. Yeah. So my my passion is still there. My mission is still there. I just had a woman lose 89 pounds on the phone. I did her whole thing on nine weeks. Um I didn't make it up. <laughs> it's it's the way we're designed. Right. <laughs> That's all I did is put it together, made a roadmap and Anybody that is listening to this podcast, I want to offer a free 15 minute call. I'd be glad to give them and talk with them. And they can um, click in, um, go to dewoke.com and click on free 15 minute call at the top of the page. And they can go to my website, dewoke at um, We're not designed. To be deprived we yeah. have a hypothalamus in the back of our brain say that your diet brian says salad unlimited
2: right. with
1: diet dressing which is really yuck <laughs> yeah. and you eat this big salad and you finish and you say oh my god i'm so full but i still want something right you have to be satisfied with what you are eating mm, yeah or oh, you cheat here or cheat there, and oh, tomorrow I'll be I'll go back on it.
0: I've eaten enough salads in my life that if I never eat another salad, I'll be fine with it. I, I'm one of those that have done that where I'm trying to, okay, the salad's going to fill me up, but I end up just calling, you know, now my name for lettuce is uh, just crunchy water because it doesn't satisfy that, that need for flavor or whatever. Well, first of all,
1: it's all mental. Yeah. Believe me. It's mind over fatter, okay? Mind
2: uh, mind over fatter. Now,
1: everybody that takes my program gets a free membership to the room full of gold. Say that you're obsessed with gold bars, the money. All you think of Mm. morning, noon, and night is getting these gold bars. And I come along, I say, hey, Brian, I've got a room full of gold. You can come into my room when you want to, and you can take all you want, but you only have three minutes. And then you have to get out and you can never come back. What would you do in those three minutes?
2: I don't
0: know. I I, I, I guess the initial thought is to grab, take whatever you could take, right? Right. you're obsessed.
1: I mean, I'd take a Yeah. (laughs) Okay, but what if I said, Brian, you're obsessed with, I have a room. You can come into my room whenever you need some. You can come in in the morning, mid-morning afternoon, evening. You can come in and out and in and out whenever you need some. So it takes away that feeling, well, I better eat it now because I can't eat it tomorrow.
2: Yeah.
1: You have it there. If you're physically body hungry, you can have it. Of course, as you come along on the program, you realize there are some foods that are certainly better for you than others. (laughs) That doesn't right. mean you should never have the others because that doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. Just eat when you're physically body hungry and you burn what you eat. And, you know, I have an 11th commandment. Thou shall not unless physically body. And I, I've called, I've, I've tried to get in touch with the Pope, but he hasn't returned my call.
0: <laughs> Dee, it's, it's been great having you on the show. I, I really enjoy your story, Um I think it's one that you had gone through so much in such a short period of time. And I'm glad that you found it within yourself to believe in yourself and to do the things that you needed to do to, to, to live that life you wanted to live. Um, I think, you know, I 100% agree, you know, it, it the, the mind is, is where it all starts. And, um, you know, and, and ultimately those decisions you made earlier on in your, in your life uh, with the dry cleaning business, I mean, they all sound like it led to the success in uh, helping people, uh, as you say, fly again and, and to get to lose that weight. So uh, there's a lot of great lessons in there to unpack. And yeah, it's, it's, it's just it's been a pleasure having you on. I, I love people that that take a mindset approach because that that's really what I thrive on as well. Uh, so we have the website. Are you on social media? Can people find you out on Twitter, LinkedIn? F- LinkedIn? Okay. Facebook. All right. And we'll make sure we have all the Facebook links. Facebook also. Facebook. Okay. And we'll have all those links uh, available in the description so folks uh, can can copy and paste those into their browsers and go out and check out your website and check out your social media and I I hope uh for anybody that that's out there uh struggling with the yo-yo diet uh, I think you should uh, yeah sign up for that, get schedule that 15 minute call and and see how D can help change your life to. yeah well and thank it was you it so f-
1: nice meeting you and I really appreciate you inviting
0: me. yeah and likewise I'm, I'm it was a pleasure meeting you and uh, yeah, I just, I love having your story on this show and I think it will, uh, it will serve as inspiration for many. So thank you. If you are enjoying the content being created on the Conquering Everest podcast, please consider a donation. Your donation will help this podcast continue to grow and reach more listeners. Thank you for your support. And as always, aim high, be courageous, and you will do amazing things.